Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. It's May 22nd, 2017. My name is Phil Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I hope you enjoyed the special podcast that we had Friday. I joined the Heart and Hustle podcast with Brett David Roberts and Chris Chartier. I, excuse me if I mispronounced that, Chris. I uh, hope you enjoyed that that conversation that we had uh, the day after the NBA draft lottery. Uh, so it's... Yeah, you know, we're still kind of gathering the storm dust from the lottery, and we'll continue to look at that and continue to look at the draft as the days go on. There's, you know, obviously a long way to go still. There's still a month to go, and we got plenty to get to. I've got a few more nuggets about the draft as well, and of course, we'll probably be hearing more about who the Magic are working out and where they're going to go from there. But today, uh, I want to turn the focus a little bit more towards some bigger picture items to start the week. This show is going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to kind of, you know, it's still going to be the lecture. It's still going to be kind of, kind of that 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 part of it. But I'm going to kind of stick to one topic here. And today's topic is that big C word, culture. And it's something that the Magic have talked about a lot for really the last five years. It was something that 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 they thought about from the very beginning with Rob Hennigan. And as we've seen over the last five years, it has been the one thing that has been the most difficult to develop for the Orlando Magic. So, where does culture come from? Where does this idea of the of of a, a company credo or a franchise credo come from? Rob Hennigan kind of tried to make it come from the top down. That they were going to look for certain players to fit a certain culture that they wanted. They drafted a lot of defensive-minded players, athletic, rangy, versatile players. And that was supposed to create a defensive mindset and a defensive culture and make it easier to kind of mold the team. They kind of figured defense is something so innate you can't teach it. Athleticism, length, those are things that are so innate you can't teach it. Offense you can teach. And maybe that was an idea from a different world. A different NBA. An NBA that that probably doesn't exist anymore. But you look at the players the Magic drafted. Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon. the, The three key draft picks of this rebuild. And they never really got themselves over that hump offensively. Individually, you can argue Oladipo and Gordon were fantastic on defense. And perhaps another problem with that is, is the, the player they started with in, in, at center, Nikola Vucevic, struggled on the defensive end. So, if culture is supposed to come from general manager, from, from player personnel decisions, it felt very forced. 
Hannigan always said he wanted the team to be a uh, hard-nosed defensive team, athletic team, and he drafted as such. But the rest of the pieces never really fall into, fell into place. And so culture certainly failed at the top during this five-year rebuild. Does culture come from the coach? That was something that I think was was a huge debate at the end of last season with Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles was supposed to be a kick in. Well, first off, in some ways it does begin with the coach because the coach is the direct conduit to the players. He's the one holding players accountable. And the Magic knew they were going to struggle for two or three years to pick up wins. And so it's up to the coach to keep them motivated, to keep them from falling into bad habits, falling into the habits that prevent you from winning. And for two and a half seasons, it's easy to say Jacques Vaughn did not accomplish that goal. That Jacques Vaughn was kind of a little too hands-off, a little too much pat on the back. Didn't really hold the team accountable. And so when it became time to start winning, when the expectations became about winning, the Magic really didn't know how to do it. Very young team just didn't know how to do it. And that ultimately cost Jacques Vaughn his job. So in comes Scott Skiles, a supposed kick in the butt. The guy who's taken young rosters and pushed them into the playoffs. Made them defensive teams. Given them identity. That's what Scott Skiles was known for. As much as he was burning out his players and eventually fading away. The Magic hoped the identity part would sink in before the fading away part did. And without doubt, when we look back at the Magic's history, there was internal struggle with Skiles and Hennigan, and, and with Skiles and the roster. He couldn't work the magic that had worked everywhere else with him. And maybe his heart really wasn't in it after a while. Or maybe the task was too difficult for whatever reason. But a coach certainly plays a role in establishing a culture. It's certain He certainly is the one that sets the tone through what he emphasizes in practice, and what he emphasizes uh, in talking to the team and motivating the team. And for whatever reason, it didn't stick with Skiles. Whether it was him or whoever. And then steps Frank Vogel preaching much the same message and struggling to do the same. So maybe culture then comes from the players themselves, from their leaders on the, on the team. You can argue that that first year with Orlando, with with the rebuild, when Jameer Nelson and Aaron Aflalo and Glenn Davis were still on the roster, when the team got off to a really surprisingly good start, that was a team that had good leadership on the court that enabled them to learn how to win a little bit. Of course, the Magic weren't necessarily interested in winning at that level quite yet. And Glenn Davis got hurt and was never really the same. Jameer Nelson and Aaron Aflalo became less important, and eventually they got pushed off the roster too. And the Magic have never really replaced that veteran leadership yet. It's one of the things that, that even CEO Alex Martins has said they needed. And so this past year, they bring in Serge Ibaka, they bring in Bismack Biombo, they bring in DJ Augustin, and Ibaka is certainly a very important player in the starting lineup, doesn't kind of bring his teammates up with him. In fact, 
At times, it felt like when things got really hard for the Magic, Ibaka wasn't the one setting the example. He was the one trying to blend in. That may be an unfair characterization. It may be completely wrong, but I think if you watched those games early in the year, it was clear Ibaka was not raising his play to raise others' play. And so, it's 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 a tricky balance, obviously, to build culture. Because especially the Magic's young players, they don't know how to do it. No doubt last summer when Scott Skiles suddenly resigned, it was a huge tension point for the Magic. They felt like they had made not great progress, but decent progress. A 10-win improvement is nothing to laugh at or to ignore. They felt with some continuity they'd be fine moving on. And Skiles' sudden departure signaled problems in the relationships that had been built in the front office. Signaled problems with the relationship between the coach and his players. Just signaled a lot of problems. And those are problems that weren't going to get fixed in a year. There is a lot of trauma to losing your coach like that. And a lot of learning that has to happen to integrate a new coach for the third time in three years. And this is an argument for why having Vogel back is so important to the team. But undoubtedly, too, Vogel will do what he does. No doubt. And I think the team, even without any changes, is better just for having Vogel back for a second year. But the first thing the Magic have to do is figure out how to build their culture back up. The Magic like to trot out the stat that they've been they've won more games than all but but two or three teams in the Eastern Conference since 1995. A obviously obvious year to start counting things. They've gone to the playoffs as many times as any team in that time span. In fact, the Magic have gone to the playoffs 14 of the 28 years of their franchise's history. This five-year five-year playoff drought is the longest in Magic history. And so the Magic like to tout that they have a winning culture. And in some respect, they're right. They've won. But not championships, not anything meaningful. And I think it's important to note here, too, that when the Magic were winning big prizes and were competing for what really matters, they did so on the backs of winning the lottery, on their luck. And the one thing the Magic have never really done is build a winner through the draft. Build a winner organically. What they attempted to do five years ago was something the Magic have never attempted to do. They don't know how to do it. They're still learning how to do it. And if we're going to call this a second attempt at it, you hope that they've learned some lessons on how to do it. It's not easy to win in this league. That much is clear. You get the top pick, the path becomes easier. 
and you end up at six, path is a little bit harder. You need to make smart decisions. You need to unearth a gem here or there. And certainly one of Hennigan's great weaknesses was he never unearthed that gem. He took a, you know, he got the second pick in a bad draft and took a good player in Victor Oladipo. And that was the right pick. He swung for the fences and took Aaron Gordon at four. And that, you know, you can probably still argue that pick, but Gordon looks like he's a fine player, not a bad pick. His only bad first-round pick was Mario Hazonia, who some people still believe in, some people don't, but who knows what he's going to end up being. He gave up some for Alfred Payton, but Payton's turned into at least a serviceable player. But at some point, you need to hit a double or triple, not a single. And that is something the Magic are certainly looking to do with this pick at six in this deep of a draft. But you look at the second round picks. Kylo Quinn was a nice addition, but one they ultimately let go. Maurice Harkless was a nice mid-lottery first round pick that they acquired in a trade that they discarded and let go. They invested some in Shabazz Napier, a former first round pick, and then let him go, which was probably the right decision. The Magic did need a new set of eyes on this thing. They needed a way to reset while still trying to push forward. Because where they're at now is very, very difficult. When you look back at the last season and try to say, where did things go wrong? There really isn't a moment where things went wrong. I would say the team really officially let go of the rope in early December uh, when they started giving, when the defense just disappeared, just up and disappeared. But really, a lot of the problems were endemic to the roster. The problems that everyone said this roster would have they would not shoot the ball well, they'd struggle to score. The pieces did not fit together. Those all became true, and those were all easily foreseen. And so forcing an identity then did not work. Trying to build a team that is all defense did not work. And so that then begs the question, how do the Magic build moving forward? What do they do? Well, certainly you got to play to your roster. That is first and foremost. So I think the first thing on whoever the new president of basketball operations checklist is, is what do I have on this roster now and what is worth keeping and what is worth moving on from? I think that is a huge question for this for this next PBO. Because to my mind, no player on this roster is safe. They're, the team is not ready to tear everything down but they got to find a way forward. They can't come back with the same group. And we all know this. So if there's another PBO that believes in Alfred Payton, build a roster to make Alfred Payton successful. If this PBO believes Aaron Gordon is the next superstar, build a roster to make Aaron Gordon successful. Where I think the Magic ran into trouble is their culture was to collect talent. It was not to build a championship team or to build a team at all. They looked at things on paper and said, well, Gordon's going to develop a three-point shot. He can play small forward. 
It's not that easy. And especially with Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo in that backcourt for so long, everyone could say, you've got a backcourt that can't shoot. That's going to cause problems. And unless you are a lockdown defensive team, it's going to cause a lot of problems. Really, when it comes down to it, Hennig, one of Hennigan's biggest issues was the winds of change were coming and he did not foresee it. The league was becoming much more offensive-minded and three-point happy and spaced and the magic went the opposite direction in a way that was very difficult to recover from. And so, essentially, what last year was, was Hennigan doubling down on the identity he wanted for his team from the very beginning. To say, I want a defensive-minded team. I want a team that's going to be tough to score on and lock down the paint. And I've got the perfect coach to do that with. I've got, I can build a roster that can do that. Of course, they couldn't do that. Of course, they didn't do that. And the Magic are ending up here. 29 wins. Sixth overall pick in the draft. It all comes back to that one word again. Culture. Do you have a plan? Are you merely throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks? Do you know how to put the pieces in the right spot to get the most out of them? That's a part of culture from the front office. Putting players in position to succeed. The other part of culture is, is the coach sending the right message to the players? Does the coach have faith and what's going on above them, and what's going on on the court to get the job done. And certainly, with the way this summer's going to unfold, Frank Vogel's going to have a heavy hand in what goes on. And then finally, are the players buying into it? Do the players embrace this culture, this idea, this mantra? Do they believe it can work? Are they willing to sacrifice themselves to do it? Culture isn't one of these things. It's all of these things. It's the confluence of all these things that create winning basketball. You look at the Golden State Warriors. Everyone is on the same page. You look at the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Everyone is on the same page. You look even look at the Boston Celtics. They won game three last night. Because they, they, they're committed to a certain brand of basketball. And they have players willing to buy into it wholeheartedly. When Brad Stevens went in that locker room and said, we were, we've been here before, down by more, and we've won the game. We've come back, and we can do it again. Everyone believes in it. And Stevens isn't looking over his shoulder from Danny Ainge. He trusts that Ainge is going to get him good players, and obviously they've set themselves up very, very well. But outside of Isaiah Thomas, who does Boston really have? Al Horford's a good player, but 
And they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They beat the Cavs down 21 on the road to make it a 2-1 series. Make everyone believe, oh, maybe I should be watching Eastern Conference Finals again. You can do it. You can build it. But it takes a lot of belief and it takes a lot of synergy and communication to get it done. And for the last five years, that's been disjointed at best. It's been Hennigan unable to put a roster together that fits. There's that belief. Will I be made better by my teammates? It was on Hennigan to hire a coach to instill that belief and create accountability. Jacques Vaughn didn't do that. And Scott Skiles lost faith in the people above him. And maybe even some on the team as well. And with all this change, what are Magic players supposed to think? What are they supposed to believe about what they're doing? Coming from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, Serge Ibaka seemed to kind of sense that very quickly. And your most important player never really bought in to what you were doing from the very beginning. This fits and starts. You need that buy-in from your best players because everyone else will fall in line. And so, as the Magic will enter 2018, as the Magic prepare for the 2018 season, they've got to remember this, these lessons from the last five years. Get everyone on the same page. Have the right idea. Build a roster that works together. And the culture will follow. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Like I said, a little bit of a different episode today. Hope you enjoyed it. Try to go a little bit quicker here um, as there's not a lot going on. We're going to dive right into the draft once again later on in the week. Um, plenty to get to, obviously, as more news comes in. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on workouts. I know there's a big workout Tuesday with Ivan Rabb and Caleb Swanigan coming to town. See if they're made available to the media. I do not think they will be, but... I'll, we'll let you know in the next time that a big player comes to town. Plenty more on the draft, as I said, coming up later on in the week. Uh, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Like, like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. Give us a review where you can. It does help spread the word about the show. Um, we're your place for the Orlando Magic, so I want to hear from you as much as possible. So feel free to interact with the show uh, through those means as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Daily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, please check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, for the latest around the NBA, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm sure Locked On Celtics will have a great show for you, as will Locked On Warriors and Locked On Spurs ahead of Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals on Monday. That's going to do it for me. I will see you all again tomorrow on another... This has been Philip Ross Reich of Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. And now I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.